This is the Give Me Five Podcast Special Edition Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 5. Yo, yo. Real talk, down low. I needed to do this song. Yeah, I'm a nerd. It's a big secret, but I'm a nerd. And I love these books. If you watch it on HBO and think you know what's going on, I appreciate that. The people who waited five years for dance, this one's for you. Check it. Welcome to the Give Me Five podcast, Game of Thrones special edition. Uh, on this show, we recap Game of Thrones episodes and offer up any insight that we have. My name is Greg, and I know nothing. So, I have invited along Rob, who knows lots of things. I do. And Greg does, in fact, know nothing because he is in last place. <laughs> and we'll update you uh, guys. Rob, Rob eats pork rinds and knows stuff. I do. Mm. Man, I, I, love need that on, I need that on a t-shirt. <laughs> I, eat I eat pork rinds and know things. Nice. <laughs> I'm also here with Jimmy, who also knows things. I No, I don't, because I didn't even know the Karate Kid was back. So, I know nothing. And also, welcome back to the show, Thank Mr. You, Mark Price. Be back. I, I just, and he I, also I, knows I, things. I know a few things, but I was wondering. Say a guy was mm-hmm. going to Western King's Landing, in fact. You think I'd be able to find some okay. barbecue there? It is in every street corner. <laughs> too soon. Spoiler alert. No. Um, yeah, so if you guys are listening to this and you haven't seen episode five of Game of Thrones, I, you go away. You have no business. Yeah. Unless you just really like the sound of our voices. It's and so Rob eating you. pork rinds. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think one could find a lot of... of charred meat in uh king's landing oh man i can't wait to talk about this episode so uh yeah uh not to harp on the reporter thing but if your boss had called you in and you were living in that era and was like hey go there's something going on in king's landing go check it out you'd be like uh, <laughs> well, yeah depending good. on where we were you know you wouldn't be able to just like hop in the car i'd have to like maybe take a, a couple of weeks uh horseback ride to the scene <laughs> <laughs> and and maybe depending upon Depending upon whether or not the event was over, if you were covering the aftermath or covering the event, that's two different things. Yeah, I would think. true. Yeah, maybe by the time you got there, the yeah, bodies would, I would stop smoldering. Inside King's Landing, while this. Okay, so real quick, take the old uh, uh, WFTV <laughs> buggy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, so real quick, uh, with Game of Thrones ending, this is just kind of my opening thoughts here. Uh, two episodes as of this episode that we're going to be talking about tonight, although technically. On air, there's going to be one episode left. And I thought it was very interesting that the internet is, like, constantly full of theories. And, you know, there's, like, in the couple days leading up to this past episode, they were, people were saying, maybe there's other dragons, or maybe so-and-so is this, really this person, or maybe there's another person still alive, or maybe the one dragon didn't die. Just all of these stories. Yeah, and, you know, the, um, have, have you guys all seen that? There's, like, a trailer breakdown or something from the trailer for this episode, and there's a picture of Euron... And he's, he, he's shielding his son and he's looking up and Mm -hmm. shielding the son from his eyes, not his son. It's unborn, but it's not his. Anyway, he's looking up and he looks a little surprised. So this huge theory was that Danny somehow just found more dragons. And that is the most idiotic (laughs) BS that I, any theory. And it wasn't like just regular people. It was on like major websites and, you know, things like with the word Forbes at the top of it. Really? Because <laughs> that so, lends like, credibility to your crazy theories. Well, Forbes, on, uh, to be honest, that Forbes, their um, 
the Forbes website, all, uh, most of the articles are like people pay to get them on there, thinking that the name Forbes at the top has led it has lent credibility, but that kind of doesn't work anymore. But so all of these thoughts came around as to what was going to happen. And this episode really just kind of, uh, no pun intended, torched all of them. Oh! <laughs> and things were really, in a way, straightforward, although some people claim surprise. So I think we should just get right into the episode, talk that about it. That bitch is crazy. There was nothing surprising about this. No, no I saw I, I think I think surprising in yeah. the terms of if somebody says, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna slap you. You're like, oh, yeah, they say that. But then when they actually slap you, like, wow, they slapped me. Agreed. Yeah, I definitely. <laughs> Greg, I'm going to slap you the next time I see you. Uh, I, I'm so sorry. I can't believe I talked to my boss this way. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Giggity. Especially when I have it on recording. It totally reminds me of that that little news clip that you have. It says, uh, "Quote for man stabbed." What are you going to do? Stab me? <laughs> <laughs> Let's take us into the episode. So, getting right into this episode, episode five, the one before the last one, penultimate. That penultimate. There we go. I couldn't think of a word. Um, man, what's the most significant thing that happens at the very beginning of this episode? Well, right off the bat, we got somebody who bites the dust. Yep. And that was Mr. Varys, the eunuch and advisor to every damn king and queen in his lifetime. We open up with Varys writing out little notes to send out amongst crows as he does. He's interrupted and, you know, he puts one away and then he like burns one little girl comes in. She's like, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, whatever. Cause we never see her again. But, um, then what happens? So Tyrion goes in, talks to, well, the mad queen. She's, mm. he, he's talking to Daenerys and she says, you've been betrayed. He says, you, I, I got genders all wrong, whatever. But, Danny is holed up and she is planning her attack, but she's refusing to eat. She's just kind of all out, just wallowing and being whiny. Mm -hmm. Tyrion reveals that, yes, it was in fact Varys who betrayed her. He's going around telling everybody who'll listen. So, I called so, it. But, but things here are a little ominous because she is blaming Jon Snow. Mm -hmm. Yep. Because he just had to go and tell his sisters. But I don't think John ever said that he wasn't going to tell his sisters. No, he, he didn't, but she still views that as a betrayal. And and the fact that that he told his sisters and his sisters told Tyrion and Tyrion told Varys and Varys is the one who started blabbing, it's like it all traces back to John and she blames John for that. And they tell two friends and they, they tell, tell two friends, friends and they and tell, they tell two, friends. two friends. <laughs> Hey, we can check off the Wayne's World reference for this episode. Yeah, there's going to be a lot more. <laughs> oh, God. But da Daenerys is starting to spiral here. She's she's looking a little haggard. she's looking a little psycho. Yeah, she's nobody likes her. Everybody likes John, and you know nobody else likes her, and blah blah blah. She's just Wah. it's gotten so annoying. And in my opinion, over the past few episodes, she is so obsessed with being the queen. Mm -hmm. She's just obsessed with the title at this point. She's obsessed obsessed with sitting on the Iron Throne. And I don't I don't know. She's just losing her mind. And it's more obsessed with the yeah, obsessed with the title more so than the actual job. Cuz she'll occasionally be like, "Oh, I want people to like be happy and stuff." But she's also like, "But I really want to be the damn queen." 
I honestly believe that a lot of this is stemming from the fact that John told her who he was, basically. And now she's kind of viewing it as a race to claim the throne before the word gets out that he is the actual. So that's why so. that's why it's become such a such a oh my god, I have to get to the throne before everybody knows that he's the heir to the throne and he can take it from. I've got to get there. I've got to get there. I've got to get there. And that's why it's been such yeah. a mad dash. Yeah. And John, surprise, surprise, still doesn't want it. The only, the only effing person in the show that doesn't want the throne. Some of my coworkers are just constantly, John is over and over again. They were like, he's an idiot. Didn't he learn from Ned, his father? You see what being yeah. an honorable man gets you. You have to be all about yourself and the power in order to make it in this. I, that's a very bleak view. <laughs> it is. Uh, your coworkers are super depressing. Um, <laughs> well, to make it in the Game of Thrones world, not talking sure. about the outside world. Yeah, you know, and Cersei has been playing it better than anyone else. Well. For the the longest time. Until the end, yeah. But yeah. So there there was a few pretty interesting moments here in this thing. I thought that, yeah, I kind you kind of saw the banter between Tyrion and Varys throughout the whole series, and... I never really thought of them as being like partners, mm -hmm. you know, working together on things. But like when he hugs him and says goodbye, old friend, it was really touching. And you're like, oh, yeah, <sighs> you're you're, you're kind of right. Like, mm -hmm. and of course, that's I don't know if we mentioned it before because we went off on tangents, but we um we did. And I want to apologize to Mert's coworkers. I don't think you guys are super depressing. <laughs> <Really>. <laughs> but one of the things I, I thought about, though, I think we passed it, but um. In that first scene where Varys was writing the notes, and I, I thought when the little girl came back in giving him a report about uh, Danny, I thought was he trying to poison her or something? That's, she, she played a that's big what emphasis. my wife said. Yeah, she played a big emphasis on she's not eating anything, and I was like, hmm, is he trying to figure out her state of mind, or is he trying to kill her? Yeah, I was wondering that too. Like, and my wife was like, she's trying. He's trying to poison her. That would solve the problem. So I'm like, there's no way it's going to go down like that, but. I didn't quite catch that at first. Did I didn't either. No, I did not. But they I didn't see cross that. My mind. Now, my thought was that she just wanted some really good barbecue. And you just can't find any good barbecue at Dragonstone. You have to go down to King's Landing to get that. Mm, yeah. Yep. What were you saying? There was a barbecue. There's a barbecue on every corner now? Yeah, there's bar yeah, every, every single corner. corner. Yep, every street corner. Yeah. So starting with the, the first barbecued victim, and that is Lord Varys. It was a touching scene. I think Varys truly, truly had the best intentions, I believe, although he could seem really slimy at times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, he, he was always in service to the person of the, you know, who was in the highest position of power. Well, he was, he was always in service to the people of, of the seven kingdoms. Uh, yes. And he, he assisted those in power. Mm -hmm. But he also assisted them on their way out when they turned on the. And his so little quote was really good, and I don't remember exact the exact wording, but it was like, "I hope I'm wrong, or I, I hope I deserve this." Yes. No. Oh, yeah. Which I thought was really well well worded, and I've never heard that that wording of that on things. And it, it was it was just well written. I thought. Yes, very well done, and very well acted by the two. And you really felt the connection that Tyrion and Varys had had, and it was. I don't know that they were so much friends, but they considered each other friends just because they respected each other. Yeah. And it was interesting that um, Tyrion, I guess, seeing that it was the end, respected him enough to say, Varys, it was me. It, I did it. It was me. Yeah. Varys mm -hmm. just looked 
horrified at him, you know. Um, and he looked horrified when the dragon came up. Because I didn't know where they were going with that. Yeah, but the dragon came out of that. How about that dragon reveal? That was awesome. It was pretty cool. Even though you're like, oh, you son of a bitch. I don't like that asshole dragon anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. So, goodbye, Varys. One of the people who really had the best intentions for all of the Seven Kingdoms. Your life was extinguished. Let's move on to Jamie. Uh, so we, hear about I guess Jamie. we hear about Jamie and the last we had seen him, he was leaving or he left, uh, Winterfell, he left Winterfell. He le- yeah. and left was Winterfell. heading south and he gets caught somehow. Yep. And I think we all kind of theorized that, you know what, maybe he's finally doing the right thing. He told Brian off. So it was easy for him, for her to forget him. So maybe he's going to march down to King's Landing and actually kill Cersei. So he gets caught. That was one of Danny's little, oh, by the way, we caught your brother to Tyrion. And Tyrion's already been super apologetic. And she says, if you fail me again, it's going to be the last time you fail me. Um, Basically saying, I'm going to feed you to my dragon too. Yep. You little chicken nugget. (laughs) Wow. So Tyrion, and I think one of the funnier moments in this episode, um, well, before that, Tyrion asks Davos to smuggle something for him. Um, don't really know what it is, but we find out in the very next scene, it's a dinghy. So Tyrion comes to Jamie after this, the funny part where he was trying to speak Dothraki, or he was trying to speak in the tongue oh, yeah. of the, uh, the, um, Unsullied. The, the Unsullied, thank you. Was um, it Valerian? Yeah. I, they, they said yeah. Valerian, because that's where the Dracaris means it fire, yeah. basically. Um, that was kind of funny, but he goes in and it's just this, like, ah. Uh, like, yeah, that plan's not going to work. Come on, guys. They're all still trying to, like, oh, well, here's a way you and you and our sisters can go be happy together. And, you know, Davos is going to bring a little boat. All you got to do is get through, and you guys can get out of there. Was and that, everybody's going to be like stuck on a boat for, like, three seasons, floating around in a little dinghy. It was uh, Podrick, right? Was he? Yeah. I don't. At I don't one remember. point, they, like, sent Podrick. It was either Podrick or uh, the blacksmith. They sent him off in a boat and... You didn't see him for three seasons, and he just kind of showed up again. Yeah, that was Gendry. Gendry, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but we finally see what the plans are of the Hound and Arya. They're, you know, sneaking in. Not Well, not really sneaking into the city. They're just going. And one of the, you know, soldiers stops them, and Arya pulls, she pulls the Arya card, and she says, I'm Arya Stark, and I'm going to kill Cersei. I love that. It was pretty cool. And the hound's like, yeah, dude, like, think about it. Like, we end this whole thing and you don't, you don't have, you won't have to die tomorrow. Mm. He goes, let me talk to my captain. And the hound goes, go ahead then. And they just keep going. Yeah. Now, now we, we, I I should clarify that, that they weren't actually sneaking into King's Landing at that point. They were leaving the military encampment that the Stark and Targaryen forces were encamped at. And they were being stopped by the guard of that encampment saying, hey, where are you going? And that's where she said, I'm our. Got it. Yeah, there's a, there's a little chat of how Cersei is able to find weaknesses, mm-hmm. and you know there's a little conversation with with Danny somewhere in here that that they think that Danny's mercy is a weakness. We'll definitely mm-hmm. be covering it in a bit. And there's a conversation or quote says like mercy for future generations, basically. But the current generations, uh, they're gonna have some problems, basically. So it's like mercy for future generations that won't have to suffer future tyrants, meaning that. The current generations that are suffering tyrants might be in a little bit of trouble. So there's a 
large amount of foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a there's a great quote uh, before that mm-hmm. when Tyrion and Jamie are talking, and Tyrion's like, "Please get in there, make her see the truth, or make her see that this is hopeless, and ring the bells." Um, and he talks about tens of thousands of innocent lives and one not particularly innocent. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, because. Because Jamie has basically said she'll kill you for this, you know, for letting him go and for conspiring to to do this. And he's saying my life for those tens of thousands. Of-. But it's it's very the the very important thing here is that he has sent Jamie with the plan. I think everybody kind of knows because I think it's like an understood thing because Jamie never actually. But um, it's an understood thing that if the if they ring the bells that the city is surrendering and they will open the Yeah, it seems like everyone knew it because, like, you could hear townspeople saying, ring the bell, ring the bell. Ring the bells, yeah. ring the bell. Yeah. Well, now we start looking at the war preparations, and you you see, which we saw last week, all of the big scorpion, uh, what are they called, Rob? You're the guy. Ballistas. All the ballistas. How many of those do you have on your house, Rob? Six, yeah. So you'd be screwed if a dragon came after you. Um, so they have all the ballistas, and they're showing all the ballistas out on the, you know, the docks and on the boats, and you know the the Golden Company, which we will talk about probably for longer than they actually existed. <laughs> and you know, it just it seemed like such a big deal that there was going to be that there was all of these things. It's like, well, there's no way that the dragons can be able to get through this many bolts going towards it, and you see. Uh, Cersei kind of looking out of her tower, and she's, as I said, wearing red like Tiger Woods on the final day of the Masters. There you go. And uh, I made a golf reference, which is very rare for me. And I'm so proud. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, all the innocent townspeople are being, like, led into the gates, and then, you know, the ones that didn't quite get in are pounding on the gate, let us in, and Jamie ends up getting stuck outside. So we don't really know what he if he was going to try to convince her, but he definitely didn't get a chance. And of course, Arya and the Hound, which we talked about, has already have already made their way they, in. They made it in. They made it in just as the gates were closing. And, you know, I was like, okay, well, when's this thing going to start? And it starts. Yeah. So, <laughs> did, did anybody else during this scene, did anybody else see that scene from Money Python and the Holy Grail, where he kept starting his run over as he was running at the castle? That's the funniest part in that movie. Amongst many, many funny parts. <laughs> Where they cut back and forth, and every time they cut back to the to the is the French guys, right? Uh, no, it's no. it's the one with the with the prince who sang all the time. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And every time they cut back, he's like another fifty feet back from where he was. Yes, yeah, yeah. It, it, like every time they cut back, his run started over. Oh, so, so it was like okay, they flash between Euron and Drogon, and Euron and Drogon, and you're. I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> And then, and then Drogon was just there. So I know exactly what you're saying. And I guess Danny chose wisely this time. She came out of the sun. Yeah, Mm -hmm. pretty much. So, you know, there, nobody can really see until it's, you know, really too late. And Drogon completely torches the Iron Fleet. I mean, like, gone. Yeah, last week, uh, Mert and Rob both were like, well, there's certain attack angles you can take. And apparently, uh, Thank you, Daenerys, for listening to our podcast. <laughs> yeah, yes. thank you, Danny. I'm just, I'm just surprised she didn't do it last week, even though because there, there's no excuse for that. Yeah, Euron should have never made it back, and so Melisandre dying is basically her fault because the the Ms. fleet Andy. never should have left that. Or yes, Missandei. Sorry, not Melisandre. Missandei should have never been taken captive because that's exactly what should have happened when they first fired and killed her dragon. 
I mean, she she's going to pull up, so to speak. Yeah, swoop down from above and then just blown him up right there in the harbor. And then Miss Envy would still be alive and she wouldn't be batshit crazy. Yep. Th- those uh, scorpions, they were so difficult. And, you know, she, Danny, exposed them of those mm-hmm. weapons because she was able to fly around and they couldn't move them around in time to get them to aim properly. Right. So it was just a, a very good it point. was amazing. As soon as they were like, loaded, 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 boom, they're getting destroyed with fire. Yeah. I think we saw one limp bolt yeah. fired. Well, that entire well no, there was there was one bolt that was kind of on target. Drogon just avoided it, and that was the one that came from Euron's ship. He was yeah. able to get one bolt out, but that was it. That was the only one that we saw fired, except for the ones from the wall. There mm-hmm. were a couple that fired from mm-hmm. the wall as it was as uh, Drogon was swooping around the. Yeah, and they do get a. He does get a fire off and hits Euron. Uh, he's he's kind of on. I guess he jumps off the ship or dock or whatever he was on mm-hmm. as it hits, but. I mm-hmm. thought he was. I, I knew they weren't going to kill him off like that. But my, my note, of course, what does burnt urine smell like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Probably like everybody else in King's Landing right now. So yeah. we've got this really tense shot um, after that with the Golden Company, and they're standing outside of the gates of King's Landing. Uh, you know, maybe a hundred yards away from you know Jon Snow and his army of mixed characters i guess you could say and you start to hear explosion um and everybody's kind of like what the hell is going on the the leader of the golden company he's kind of like doing that yeah <laughs> exactly he seemed so, like he had like a smug like look on his face in the beginning like how dare these peasants he, get on the battlefield with and then when those explosions yeah. started he kind of started looking around like what's going on oh man What's going to happen? And for me, the unexpected happened. Drogon comes from behind the gates. He blows the gates down with his <laughs> explosive fire breath. Thank you, Greg. You're welcome. And, yeah, and, and we'll, we'll talk about that as well. Yeah, he takes out about half of the Golden Company right off the bat. Basically, everyone lined up in front of the gate, like the... Mm-hmm. The actual gate, not the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Now, this is another one of those, like, we I talked about it very briefly at the beginning, where everyone was putting up on their post, like, is this new person going to change the tide of the battle and stuff like that? And they, I guess HBO had released a picture of the head of the Golden Company. They're like, who is this person? We're going to, we might know him soon. And the yeah. only thing we knew about him is that he got knocked over. And I thought he was going to get beheaded by one of those Dothraki, like, sickle things. Mm-hmm. But... He got uh, gray wormed instead. Like that's that was the extent of it. But everyone was buzzing at, like on Entertainment Weekly and CNN mm-hmm. and all these websites about like who this guy was going to be. <clears throat> and he approximately had thirty seconds of of, of FaceTime and then died. It's like all the all the northern men, yep. the Dothraki, yeah. and the other Unsullied rushed past that guy as he was on the ground, and they like left him for gray worm. <laughs> that's what it seemed like. And uh, it, man, <clears throat> were the not only were the fire effects completely amazing, I think, in this episode, but the gore effects were as well. So, you know, whenever somebody was impaled or got an axe to the throat or anything, I just thought it was so well done. <laughs> okay, that's the last one, I promise. And they, did not, they did not do the Wilhelm <laughs> scream that Which I, I was, noticed. I actually wrote that down. If you look at the notes, I said, I swear to God, if they do the Wilhelm scream, I'm done. No, actually, what you wrote was, I swear to if I hear the Wilhelm scream. I was typing fast. It was dark, but, but yeah. Anyway... So the, the Golden Company is no more. Yeah, and Tyrion mm-hmm. just kind of saunters on in. Iron Fleet gone. Golden Company gone. 
Belisa's on the wall, gone. gone. Now here, I want to talk. I want to talk about this because this is one of the things that during the episode I was like, "What the f, man? When since when does Dragonfire cause like castle walls to just crumble?" Yep, I don't I mean, know. Like literally, they just they just kind of crumbled. And I mean, I get maybe that Dragonfire is like super hot, but it's but it's like the the walls are just being blown apart. I'm like, what? Especially when it came to the gate, because the gate was the first thing that did it for me. As Drogon swoops in, just blows the gate open, it explodes outward with so much force that, like, the entire Golden Company is wiped out. I'm like, what just happened? Yeah, did, now, you've read some of the books, right? Did they ever go into that? Because no. I, I spent a little bit of today trying to look it up, and I couldn't find anything about no, why nothing, it's nothing so I, saw. I mean, look, it makes for a good visual, and it also mm-hmm. pushes the story along because of the what happens later in the episode but the two things one that it's so explosive also that it like the dragon never has to like stop and make more right like, if it's hitting with that much force and there's that much of it there's no possible fueling there's no possible like venom or fuel or whatever that's combining in one dragon but we are uh <laughs> we need a dragon expert on the show apparently i don't know if we can find one <clears throat> well dragons aren't real so there you go you so Danny is pretty much making mincemeat of the defenses of King's Landing. And Cersei is still up in her tower in the Red Keep. Mm, this was a great conversation. Never, because it's never been breached, and she's arguing with Clyburn. <laughs> uh, or <laughs> Bill Nye, the Lannister guy. Mm-hmm. and who's, who's saying that they need to get out of there. And Cersei's like, the Red Keep is the safest place in King's Landing, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going anywhere. And he's like, you need to go. No, I'm not going to go. You need to go. No, I'm not going to go. Guess who wins? Cersei wins. She's not going anywhere. Um, so this, the city streets are still littered with people basically. And the Lannister forces or the King's Landing forces are trying to put up a fight and they've, they've come to this standstill in one of the, one of the cross streets. I don't know if it was like a square or something, but they come to a standstill in one of these cross streets and there's this long tense standoff as everybody's kind of looking around, what's going to happen, what's going to happen. John, Jon Snow pushes his way up to the front. And he's standing up there with Grey Worm. And after what seems like a year, the the King's Landing forces throw down their arms. Mm-hmm. So they have surrendered. And what's funny is that Cersei, right before that point when she's up in the towers, like she says, my forces will defend their, their queen and fight harder than any of these sellswords and all that stuff. And as she's saying it, you can see the, the dragon just torching stuff in the background. <laughs> yeah. The moment of truth has arrived. <laughs> you, uh, the... Uh... The Lannister forces have effectively surrendered, and it's time to ring the bells. And as word is making its way back, Danny lands on the ramparts. So she's standing there, and you go, oh, crap, here's no oh, crazy ass. What's she going to do? But all the townspeople are screaming out, ring the bells, ring the bells. The bells ring, and you think maybe there's a chance. Yeah, but before you head into this part, okay. the whole tone, right at this part, the whole tone of the episode kind of changed musically, the way it was filmed, the way the, the looks on people's faces and all that stuff. And I was like, why are you stopping that dragon? Like, keep it up in the air or land it somewhere far away from where there might be something hidden. Because I thought it was going a different direction. And I'm not sure. If, did you guys think the same thing? I, I thought that Cersei had something up her sleeve. I thought there was going to be a hidden scorpion somewhere or she had mm-hmm. some kind of play Hail Mary at the end. I didn't think she was just going to let them ring the bell and give up. Yeah, or something was going to blow up or yeah, something like that. I was like, 
Like, why would you possibly put this big thing? The only time the dragon's really at risk is when it stopped and just kind of hanging out. It does take a little while for it to, to take off, so to speak. Yeah, but... However, yeah, go ahead. We kind of want didn't Don't we kind of want Drogon and Danny to kind of die at that point? Not yet. Not yet. Well, not, not yet. yet. So, he hasn't gone full-on crazy just yet. But did you guys notice all the birds around the Red Keep? I actually did not. I'm reading the notes here, and that that's that's a good pickup because I didn't actually notice that. I noticed them, but I thought they looked very dragon-like, but I knew it wasn't dragons. So I was just like – in a way, I kind of thought that – you know how wild animals can sense danger and they take, like, like get the hell out of there? Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I thought. Well, but. they weren't was the thing. They weren't getting the hell out of there. And you did not see the ravens around the keep until Danny. I think at one point she looks at the keep and she sees these ravens, and those ravens had to be carrying this. Uh, that what's his name? Varys's message is what I think. So all those messages that Varys had written, sent out, informing everyone and anyone that Jon Snow is Aegon Targaryen. I think that's the point where Danny goes. Well, I got to kill them all. It's possible. I, mean, I, I think it is. I, I think that's what happened. And that's, hey. that's a very good pickup because I, I actually missed that. But mm-hmm. it, now it makes a, if, if that is in fact the case, it makes a little bit more sense. I watched it twice and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> well, from a graphic design or a 3D graphics perspective, that's a lot of money to spend on something that doesn't mean anything. It's not yeah. like a kid adding birds in the sky because they can draw like a you know an M. Uh, it's, it's a it happy takes, little bird. Yeah, it takes. We're gonna have render time and cow. money. There Rubble. are no mistakes, only happy. Exactly. I think so, Jimmy might be right, and I haven't actually seen anyone come up with that. I haven't either, and that's the thing I bring up to people, and they're like, "Oh, good catch, Jimmy. Thank you. So you're welcome." So now, one of the things I was focused on, not birds, uh, things exploding in green, which I thought was a pretty nice callback. Well, it was. She was. She was igniting the stores of wildfire. Yeah. Yep. So these stores of wildfire that we speak of were placed by her father, the Mad King, um, in his effort to destroy the city that was thwarted by a Mister Jamie Lannister, Kingslayer. Yep, yep, the Kingslayer. That's where he got his name, and I thought it was particularly impactful because. Yeah, this is where Danny goes completely off the rails and she starts killing everything, everyone, when the whole point of this, as Tyrion Lannister said, is to remove Cersei from power without destroying King's Landing. But King's Landing is being destroyed and barbecued. And I saw the what's it called again? Wildfire. Wildfire. (laughs) Keep forgetting. Keep wanting to call it Dragonfire. But the wildfire is exploding and Danny has now, you know, started what her father didn't finish. And now she's finishing it because she's a Targaryen and she's batshit crazy. Years and years of incest. Years and years of incest. Yep. Well, physically, she might not look like one of the, you know, Pigeon Brothers from <laughs> X-Files. Uh, it was them, right? Pigeon? No? Oh, uh, yeah, I remember that. It was from the episode Home. Yeah. Was it? I gotta look that up. But yeah. So... I was, I was just gonna say, uh, but when Danny loses it, like it spread immediately through like all the force. Like Danny loses it, and then Grey Worm loses it, and then the army loses it, and they just start slaughtering everybody. <laughs> I mean, no, no mercy given to anyone, whether it be children, uh, civilians, unarmed soldiers, just just all out slaughter. 
and John can't even control his forces. They've nope. they've all gone into like a bloodlust kind of thing. Yeah, you can see on. like a and northern soldier dragging a woman into a room, which we all know what that means, especially in these kind of shows, movies. Right. And Jesus, like, why? I don't know. I thought that the, I thought that the like, northern troops kind of partaking in that because the north was always held in a little bit more regard. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that disappointed me. I'm not entirely sure if it. I don't know. Because there are other things that happen in the North, which wasn't exactly great, but I just thought that was mm-hmm. cool. Uh... And that was the Peacock family, by the way. Oh, yeah. That's what it was. I apologize to any inbred <laughs> listeners out there. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I've run the numbers, and approximately 18% of our listeners are inbred. Yeah! <laughs> I don't know where that noise but, came from, but... But what okay. about John it happened. to kill his own guy to stop him from raping this woman in the alley? Uh, well, and yeah. that, that was that was the thing. That just showed you how far gone they were, just because when John stepped in to stop his soldier from raping that woman, the dude freaked and tried to kill John, and yep. John stabbed him through the gut. Yeah, he did. And, man, just... It's just gone off the rails. It's complete pandemonium now. It is a total crazy train. Yeah. Hey, you did it. Yeah. Um, I worked it in there. John is, he's trying to hold people back and some of them are like, what, what, what? But yeah, for the most part, they're just going ham. And, and I have to say that Grey Worm is kind of giving yeah, him the side eye for looked, doing that. Yeah. At one point it looked like John had stopped oh. his guys like, stop, wait, wait. But then the soldiers who surrendered already started picking up their swords because they're like, we're about to die unless we fight back. And uh, Grey Worm and the other guys continued. And then that's mm-hmm. when, yeah, Grey Worm looked back. And, yeah. and I, I'm thinking I'm thinking in that next episode, we might have some words between John and Grey Worm. I, I think we might have a little more than words mm-hmm. between the two of them because I thought it was going to happen. As a matter of fact, I was jumping out of my bed uh screaming for John to effing kill Grey Worm. Yeah. Because I thought they were going to throw down right in the middle of the battle. It's amazing how quickly they fall. Because I've liked Grey Worm for like almost the entire series. And this last episode, I'm like, you need to effing. He's he's lost the only thing he's ever cared about. And that's Miss Sandy. And now, Mel, he saw saw Danny's um, attack on the city as... All right, permission. My queen's attacking, so well, I'm still loyal said, to her. Let's you go. Know, you will attack, mm-hmm. and just watch me. You'll know when. She said something similar to that, so I was wondering if that mm-hmm. was what she was saying. Like, I'm gonna go after destroy this this uh, city, this um, everybody, regardless of what happens. I, I think at that point she might have made her mind. She didn't care about the ringing bell. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I. There was, there certainly was an opportunity there for her to show, um, what's the word I'm thinking of, uh, for her to show that, hey, thank you, uh, and not go and, and kill everyone and actually be in favor of the other lords of Westeros, um, where, you know, they would have seen her mercy, but yeah, she could have shown restraint there. And I, I really think seeing the Raven set her off. And then Grey Worm was like, okay, that's, was that's my cue. That John, when um, they were alone earlier in the episode, they decided that he didn't you know, hook up with his aunt and, and basically told her that, yeah. And I told you guys that, that John's honor wasn't going to let him do that anymore. Mm-hmm. 
And it has it has caused a problem. And Varys, Varys was right when you know because Tyrion said that the Tar- the Targaryens have been doing it forever, and he's like, yeah, but John was raised in the North. Do they do that in the North? I don't think you hook up with your aunts in the no, North. No, they don't. All right. At that point, John told her that he loved her and she would always be his queen. He always would have love kind of ass like all I am to you. And she was also talking about how everybody loved John. Nobody loved her. And she, she said only, that she only had fear. Yes. And I think when she said that, that's it, when she made it up in her mind that she was yeah. just going to have she was going to make everybody fear her. Uh, yeah, because John John pulls away from her as she's trying to kiss him. And she leans back and she says, "Let it be." Yep. And I'm really glad, Mert. I'm really glad you circled back around to that because you know we did miss it. And I think one of the things that Greg Wright wrote down here is uh, is one of the uh, going to be one of the quotes of the night. So, Greg, uh, have you seen what I've highlighted here on the notes? Um, which one? The aggressive know. hate kissing. Oh yeah. Oh, so it's up higher. I have it scrolled down. Yeah. So yeah, when when that kiss happened, I believe my thought was if anyone ever kisses you like that you don't really want to kiss back like that's a that is that's the kiss uh like a mafia boss gives to someone uh underling he's about to like execute what does she say when he won't she goes to kiss him and he can't return her affection he 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 just can't do it and she goes like i then or she said something i thought it was just really funny but you know that's how it was going to be. So yeah. That, well, when 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 he pulls away, that's when she says, "Let it be fear." Then that's when that comment happens. Uh, speaking of kissing, we have a battle that I don't think anyone expected coming up, but it makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, it does. The Jamie v. Euron. Did they battle, kiss? Basically. <laughs> so of course, Jamie had a one of the longest running relationships that actually happened on the show Game of Thrones. I think it actually was the longest running relationship, which yep. says a lot about the show. And Euron, of course, got in the way of that and set makes runs into Jamie as he's um, trying to get into the city via the yeah, way they were supposed got, to get out. He got locked out. So the the only way that he knew to get into the city was the back way that he was supposed to sneak out with Cersei. So he's going all the way down and around King's Landing to get in through the caves. And he runs into Euron and she, he makes some sort of comment about how he had sex with her, et cetera, et cetera. And we end up with a battle of Jamie, who was once the best swordsman in all the land, and you're on the fashion <laughs> pirate. And uh, had one of my favorite parts from this episode, and we'll get to it. Uh, Euron has a lot of choice words about his sister uh, that I can't repeat on the air because our inbred listeners might get upset. <laughs> 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 But we, we by no means mean that all of our listeners are inbred. I, I feel like I should clarify that now. Most, not all. <laughs> Just 18%. We love you guys. <laughs> and so did your parents that were related. Wow. So, uh, <laughs> sorry. I didn't know it was such a sensitive subject for you guys. I, think that's, a proud co- I think that's a proud community out there. <laughs> so, yes, moving on. One of my favorite parts here, after Jamie is stabbed... In the side and in, like, he gets stabbed in the thigh, but I think it's later on. So he starts to drag himself towards his sword after Euron Euron says, You fought well, even for a cripple. And then Jamie kind of gets up and he starts moving his way to the sword. And Euron just goes, Ugh. And it looks at him like, Cracked me up. (laughs) It cracked me up. Because, he, yeah, exactly. He's going, man, come on. So... Jamie gets up, he runs Euron through, 
and Euron, even though he's dying, he's really happy because he thinks that he's the man who killed the Kingslayer. But I got you. <laughs> yeah. Um, Speaking of the guy that plays Euron, his name is I can't pronounce it because I don't pa, speak it's, Dutch. Like Piluas Pilu Asbeck. It's P I L O U A S B A E K. Yeah. Uh, follow him on Instagram. He's, he's such really a nice guy. Funny. He's so funny on there and like he actually yeah. put a picture up from the filming of that shot saying like you know one man leaves it's been such a pleasure working with you like with uh with what's his face um with Nicol- James- another another guy's name you can't pronounce yeah nicolaj uh william cw is is nicolaj's uh twitter or uh, instagram but both of them have like little comments back and forth with each other and it just re- it's he's so funny he's like if you take all the murderousness out of Euron, he's basically the same person and, like, there's pictures of him running around in, like, little tiny underwear. This, it's <laughs> funny. So I highly suggest checking them. Anyway. So follow him on Instagram so you can see a man in yeah, tiny underwear. That's yeah. the only reason Greg follows him. You, what were you saying, Mark? We, we all follow him. Had he just let Jamie go about his business to go find his... But, no, Euron had to brag about, yeah, I'm smashing your sister. You know? <laughs> there was no reason. Yeah. And Jamie didn't even... Like, I'm waiting for him to go, well, that's my kid. I, they didn't even do that. Like, that's a little problem I have with it, but that's fine. Whatever. It was a great fight. It was a great action sequence. Well, and... I don't I don't think that Jamie knew that Euron thought it. Well, I guess Euron did say it was him. Did, did he tell Jamie yeah, that? I think he no, was just bragging he, about uh, he he told I don't, I don't know if he said anything about the baby. Yes. Oh, okay. So, so in that case, Jamie didn't necessarily know that Euron thought it was his kid. I guess. Yeah, that's true. I'm just surprised that it didn't come up somehow. Yeah. Oh, but Euron, Euron is now dead, and Jamie is severely injured. He's been stabbed in both sides, and he's kind of hobbling to try and get to soon. Yep, and that brings us to the fall of King's Landing. Yeah, so the- really, kind of the the Red Keep is uh, it's, it's seriously in danger of not holding up, and Quiburn finally convinces Cersei to GTFO. <laughs> yeah, we got more wildfire exploding. I think. They're showing the dragon picking off various towers. I'm not sure if that's exactly the point, but the, you know, exactly the part. But basically, parts of the Red Keeper just being blown off. And yep. she's like, okay, I got to go. So Yeah, and, the, you know, she this brings about more emotion than we've seen from her. You know, um, aside from the deaths of her children, this is another one of her children dying. As Euron says to Jamie previous to that, Jamie says... Oh, you, come on, let's go save the queen. And Euron says, can't you hear that? That's the sound of a city dying. So, yeah, that leads us up to uh, the thing that we've been waiting for for a long time. Well, now, before that. I was going to say, but before that, um, Arya and... A very important and, scene there. Yeah, because it's, it's it, yeah. Arya and, and Sandor are making their way through the palace, and they're actually headed towards where Cersei and Quiburn are coming down. And the Hound kind of turns and stops and and basically tells Arya, you know, you don't need to do this. this is where basically this is where I was always going uh, to end up. But if you come with me, you're gonna die here too. You, yeah. you need to go. You've got a life to live. This was actually my favorite part of the whole episode. Oh uh, that because, was the part that just Because there was there broke was my heart. And I think when I close this the whole thing out, I'll talk about this a little more. But there was something okay. about the way Arya was – the character arc went where you felt like if she finished her list, she was going to go down a path that was 
way darker than she probably deserved. Probably. But you also kind of understood why she wanted revenge, and I think that everyone on that list was sort of deserving. But the fact that it was the Hound, a former member of that list, someone that she had battled, someone that she had hated for a while, that like was like, look, you need to not do this. I thought that was great. And I also thought it really brought me back to that episode where the Hound was with that, that one episode where the Hound was with that, like, that priest. Mm-hmm. Helping him build, like, cabins and then everyone mm-hmm. died. And you're like, yeah. well. Ian like, McShay. Yeah, well, one, it was a great episode because of that, because Ian McShane is a great actor, but it was kind of like, mm-hmm. this is a very special episode of Game of Thrones. Like, it was one kind of interesting episode that was out there, and it was like, well, what's this leading to? And it, it, I felt that that kind of brought him back to that. It, and it was absolutely my uh, favorite. Well, I was just going to say, and I like I, how I, go ahead, Mark. basically told Arya, like, if he's coming with me, there's nothing but death there. And he told her that um, you don't want to be like me. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminded me of like that old saying where if you end, you have to dig two graves, you know, one for yourself and one for the person you're trying to seek. Yep. So that, that kind of took me there when when they nice. were having that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was it was one last one last act for the Hound. Who, uh, man. Who kind of kind of uh, a little. I, mean, re- I don't want to say I don't want to say. Um, you know, that he was like a surrogate parent because he really wasn't, but it was almost like a father figure. Mm-hmm. And he was, yeah. he was talking sense into Arya. And I, I, I just loved the, the growth from the hound as a character and also from Arya to be able mm. to take the advice that he got that moment where the hound walks away to, to go get his revenge and Arya standing there. And really, you can see it playing through her head. I, I think she's she's going through this huge change in a very short amount of time. Is she going to follow him anyway? If she follows him, she's going to die. So what does she want to do? And she says, Sandor. And he turns around. And she says, thank you. And he just, he doesn't, he acknowledges it, but in a very the hound kind of way. Kind of looks down a little bit. And he goes on his way. And that's. He's really, go ahead. I was going to say, that's really the first time that I can remember in the entire series where she actually calls him. Yep. Maybe aside from when she was reciting her list. I think she calls him the Hound. Does she? Okay. Yeah. When she's reciting her list, she calls him the Hound. Yeah, I thought so too. And that sets up, guys, the Clegane Bowl, which for me lived up to everything I'd hoped for. Um, I thought it was a fantastic action scene. So another, <laughs> the hound, he's, he's just so funny. He comes up the steps and he goes, Oh, hello, big brother. And, two- and then they, and then they send the, the escort after him and he, he just like Inigo Montoya's him and, you know, just slash, 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 slash. <laughs> and, and then, dead. and then Quiburn, Searsay and the mountain are standing there. Well, if you didn't know he was the mountain at this point, yeah, it's confirmed. But they're standing there. The mountain starts to walk down towards Sandor. And Circe says, uh, Sir Gregor, don't leave my side. That's an order. And, and he, he kind of stops, stops for a minute. And then he keeps walking towards the hound. And Quiber <laughs> jumps in and says, "You are to obey your queen." Like, what do you want to do, you little like well, when, tiny when man? Cer- when Cersei said it, though, he gave her this stare down, like you will not 
interfere in this and then started walking again and then Quiburn, i guess missed the whole connection between <laughs> cersei and the mountain because he jumps in front of her and and it does not go so well mountain smash <laughs> <laughs> he grabs Quiburn by the face and I, smashes I don't him against a wall and then throws him down the stairs yeah i don't know if i noticed that the first time but and then cersei she's like all right, I'll let you guys to it then. Bye-bye. That was probably yeah. the funniest part of that scene. She was kind of like, you know what? You guys have some issues. Just going to sneak right past you here. <laughs> yeah. you go ahead me, excuse me. I'm just, I'm just going to, I'm just going to walk. Right, it, 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 it's all right. I'll, I'll just, I'll find my own way out. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't kill me. This is a lovely Fandor. little Dr. Frankenstein <laughs> moment because Quiburn actually created the mountain zombie guy. Yeah. Yeah. So sure the, the, the creation kills the creator, which I thought was kind of a neat little thing. Mm-hmm. So, Gargamel yeah. should have just kept uh, messing with the Smurfs and not traveling <laughs> into the game of Thrones world. Gargamel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's better than Bill Nye, the Lannister guy. Okay, Jimmy, I need you to, to sign off Bill Nye, the Lannister guy for the very last time. I will never refer to him as that ever again. <laughs> Gargamel was better. He is Gargamel and that, oh, you just made my night, <laughs> sir. Um, so with Gargamel out of the picture, Cersei has run down further into the depths of the keep. We've got the Clegane Bowl and I'll say it again because it sounds awesome. And uh, I mean, did you guys like it? Oh yeah, did it, it go how you expected? It, it was amazing. I totally thought you were going to say it again. I was... uh, the way he said that, yeah, he... <laughs> I thought it was gonna the Clegane Bowl. <laughs> there we go. Greg can go. put some reverb and echo on that. Yeah, I, in my head, I saw it more on an open, like gladiator type competition. I did not see it on the stairs, but that's okay. really, I mean, that doesn't matter at all because it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, they did some. They just hacked. A, beated each other and there yeah. were you know the mountain didn't really have to move because he was kind of undead and uh the hound <laughs> kinda... as, as the hound is repeatedly stabbing him why yeah, won't uh, like, you die that was great but like, the hound had to basically dodge and parry and block attacks and the mountain just basically just absorbed them he got a sword all the way through his chest they did a great overhead shot where you saw the fires burning down below and i'm like okay yep. I, know I know how this has happened this is mm-hmm. ending Somewhat. But let's talk real quick about some very clever cinematography here. Some It was beautiful. Really, really clever editing. Mm -hmm. Now, at some point, the hound runs through the mountain with his sword. Not just like runs through him, but runs him through. Runs him through. Thank you. Um, At this point, the mountain's mask has come off and he's totally Darth Vader. I was going to say, yeah, he looks like uh, like Anakin Skywalker post-Vader uh, and yep. mixed with, like, mashed potatoes. And then <laughs> and then after his failed strike, the mountain is just beating the hound down. He's just punching him. He's throwing him on the ground. And then every time, it'll like, the hound will go down, and then it'll cut to a shot of Arya trying to escape the city, where she's just constantly getting knocked down by crowds of people as well. Yeah, she's she's currently being trampled by a stampeding crowd. And every time every time the the mountain lands a blow on Sandor, you it flashes back to Arya getting stepped on and then it flashes mm-hmm. back and then it flashes back and then it flashes back. And it and you're wondering whether or not Arya is just going to be trampled to death. And uh, yeah, 
It, are they are they like mirroring each other? Are they going to go together? It was so much for me a battle of the bastards type moment where John was getting crushed mm-hmm. by the crowd before the Knights of the Vale came and saved their asses, um, and that that woman that you know Arya had passed by earlier in the crowd, the the woman with her kid helps her up. When I really feel like at that point Arya was just like, well, this is how I go. Mm-hmm. So. We have a conclusion to the Clegane Bowl. Greg, I, I like that you uh, called him Anakin Gregortine. <laughs> <laughs> but the mountain has lost his armor. He's just huge, and he's walking down towards uh, the hound, and he's, you know, the hound is just like, oh, God. All right, well, I know what I got to do. And he tackles. No, wait. A- no, 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 no. There's something Gabby. very big that almost happened. They did a callback yeah. to the head squish. Oh, yep. Oh, yeah. yeah Oberyn Martell. Yep. Yep. And so, we thought that Sandor's head was going to get squished. He got the finger in the eyes, the head against the wall. He actually had him up against the wall by one hand. There's a, a brilliant acting moment there. I think something that could have been very easily forgotten, where the mountains got his thumbs in the hound's eyes. The hound can't mm-hmm. see. So he pulls out his knife. And he waits until he makes contact with the mountain's face with his hand. Mm-hmm. And then he just stabs in that direction. Stabs the mountain through his big, weird, ugly, baby-looking head. Yep. And, and, the, that, and the mountain doesn't die. And at this point, I've had a couple of people say, oh, is he a zombie? What is he? Because aren't isn't that supposed to kill zombies? He's very uncomfortable. He's just had a yeah. – he's got a, a – Shout out to Reggie who asked me that question. He wanted got to know a, about zombies. <laughs> He's got a sword right in his sinuses. And man, it hurts, but it feels so good at the same time because he's just getting over a sinus infection. But finally, that that gives the mountain or the hound a moment. He, I guess he can still kind of see, even though his eyes are completely like black. And yeah, like I was, I was, I was I a little skeptical of that because if if the well, no, oh. no, because the mountain had a thumb in both eyes, and there was blood coming from both eyes when he was digging his thumbs into the eyes. I would have thought that he would have just been totally blind at that point. I don't think he would have. Yeah. Um, so I, I think at a very fitting end to the Clegane Bowl, they both go toppling off the side of the Red Keep into the fire down below after the Hound charges the mountain. and Basically spears him through the wall. Yeah, he went total Goldberg on him. Spear! Spare. <laughs> <laughs> we cut from the end of the Cleane Bowl as they plummet to their deaths at the you know several hundred feet below in the fires and rubble and all that stuff. We get to Circe and Jamie, and Circe is trying to head down out the you know the hidden basement or whatever of the Red Keep. Jamie meets up with her, and they come upon the and exit. doesn't kill her. Yeah, it doesn't kill her. They come upon the exit, which is uh, basically piled with bricks and rubble and stuff like that because it has collapsed. And they're like, well, here we go. We're kind of stuck down here. Um, Periodics, you can hear things crumbling every once in a while. Yep. Cersei is is shouting that she doesn't want it to end like this, that she wants their baby to live. There's some hugging. There's some crying. She actually seems to be worried about his wounds. You've been hurt, that kind of thing. Um, of course, Circe doesn't want to die, but she mainly seems to be worried about the unborn baby. And, you know, that's... Nothing else matters. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was wondering, is, is Jamie going to stab Circe? I kind of thought they might do like a Romeo and Juliet kind of thing. You know, they 
or more of like a murder suicide kind of thing, but mm. uh, they just embrace, embrace and the red keep collapses and crushes On them. On top of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, Which so the I one thing. Missed. Yeah, you missed it, but that's like the one thing Cersei wanted her whole life was to be the queen of the red keep and to have that castle and, you know, with Jamie in a way. And they got it. I mean, she basically is collapsed underneath it and they're got it right forever. on top of her. Yep. They're together forever. And I still don't know how you missed that. You thought that she was still out there and that Arya still had an opportunity to fulfill her list. Yeah. I don't know what I did oh. at that moment. Um, Arya, Arya's got a new name. Hmm? Yeah. That's what uh, other people were telling me. To one of my oh, friends. Yeah, like, gotcha. yeah. I bet they got another name. on the- Yeah. Mm-hmm. True. Cause of the, cause of the, uh, the mother and daughter. Well, I don't know that it's just, I think well, it's because I mean, of the, the whole atrocity that happened. Drogon? Mm-hmm. Well, mom. Danny. Yeah. Danny. Okay. So after they die, um, you know, which I, I again, um, we've got Arya. She's still alive, although she looks pretty bad. Um, she reunites with the people, um, the woman and her daughter. And the woman is, you know, knocked to the ground. She gets back up. She's really not doing well. They... You know, she says to Arya, take my daughter, take my daughter. Arya grabs a little girl, and as I think any kid that age would do, screams at Arya and turns back to her mom, which causes to be a fatal decision. When mm-hmm. Drogon comes and lights him up. Mm-hmm. Incinerates that whole courtyard. Mm-hmm. Light it up, You people have no soul. And Arya jumps down like an alleyway to survive, and then, you know, they kind of do that aftermath thing and there's ashes floating in the air and you see the burnt ashen figure of a corpse with clutching the daughter and the the little toy that the daughter had been carrying with her little horse toy which was what a little white horse it was a little white horse and then um we got a big white horse and then aria looks up and there's an actual horse standing in the aisle and or standing in the the alleyway or wherever in the road you know aria kind of goes to it and my my first comment was when we saw the horse and with the with the with the scenery and the way it was shot and I was like I I kind of feel like that horse. <laughs> yeah, true. I, I, I had a I had a very uh, legend unicorn feel with that with that scene. I was like, wow, I I really feel like that horse should have a should have a horn. <laughs> Disgusting one horned mule. And when I saw it, I turned to Alicia and I said, "Behold, a pale horse," which I had no idea where that came from, but I could hear it in my head. And it turns out it was actually a, a Johnny Cash lyric. So I, while you're quoting Metallica, I'm the one quoting country music. Well, actually, it's it's the it's Bible, from I believe. it's uh, yeah, it's from the Bible. But it's the the way I played it in my head was from the beginning of a Johnny Cash song. Oh, okay. okay. Um, like it's from the Bible. It's also there's a movie from like I don't know 40s or 50s. It's it's a bunch of because I was gonna say Tombstone where he was yeah where it's he in was Tombstone quoting as well. It. Yeah, so. But I happen to know it from the Johnny Cash album. And I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. One of the four beasts saying, come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse. Yeah, closing out our recap, Arya jumps on the horse. And where's she going? I don't know. I thought she was going to kill, kill Circe. But she's already dead. <laughs> yeah, just, she yeah, she's going to dig target. a bunch of rocks out. To, she's to going to target? target. She's, going, she's going to target, yep. Just going on a target run. She needs more knives. Uh, yes. More knives and ranch dressing. I don't know. But I'll tell you what I did. When Jamie said to Cersei, nothing else matters, I started playing that song, and it queued up so well with the rest of the episode. Really? Yeah. 
it's not a thing that they did on purpose, but I was just like holding the phone up to my ear watching it. And I was like, man, they should have done this. <laughs> like a like, weirdo. Like when, when did you start it? Like immediately when he said the line or? He said, nothing else matters. And I clicked it. I sent a link to my girlfriend and she said, wow, you're ahead of me. And I just listened to it. Who She's, she's good. She just fell asleep when she got home. I okay. love you, Susie. Um, so, oh. uh, yeah, that was how I closed the episode out. So, what did you guys think overall? We'll start with Mr. Mert Price. I thought it was uh, a good episode. I was still shocked by, you know, actually seeing his landing. I had a friend. I got a friend on Facebook. Her name is Cha-Cha. She had, like, one of the best summaries of, because not everybody thinks that, you know, Danny, it, not everybody is shocked or surprised or even upset with Danny. Some people mm-hmm. actually feel sorry for her. Chacha wrote on one of her, you know, you can understand why this lady's going crazy. Her parents were killed, even though her dad was crazy. She's dealing with an incestuous, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, a brother that's all about the incest and possibly fondling. Sold off the 13, miscarriage mm-hmm. by a witch yep. before spilled, dragon stolen, Ooh. had to fight these weird wizards to get them back. Finding out your closest advisor betrayed you, <laughs> almost dying in an uprising, and then you leave with your dragon. Then you get caught in the desert, then shoved in a widow's burial hut, and then you almost die. Uh, but fire brings you back to life. You go fight a war with a new lover, but then it turns out that you lose both <laughs> oh. your dragons. Most loyal dude you've ever had was stuck in the friend zone. Lose him too. Your best girlfriend died. You watched her die. Now your nephew, lover, king basically told a secret you didn't want him to tell. So she ended up by saying, yeah, let the let the effing bell ring. Uh, F the kids, soldiers, dogs, all of King's Landing. All of these people wow. cheered on Ned's death, wow. so forget them. So she summed it up the best, and I, I got to give her props on it. Oh, Cha-Cha, you have just changed things around for me. Man, you <laughs> summed it up so well. <sighs> yeah, I mean, Danny's lost everything and i don't watch these like behind the scenes things that come on afterwards but that's exact exactly what they said i had to let it play i was messing around with something you know i was like putting a new attachment on this tool that i bought power tools (laughs) um but that's exactly what one of the producers said um she's lost everything and and you know losing masande is just she lost her best girlfriend you know, so I mean, I guess I feel bad for her a little bit, but it's just the superb acting in the series that just makes her so hateable at this point. Yeah. She's just as crazy as her dad now. I'm going to unpack a little bit of stuff here. The last time we saw her face was when she apparently saw all the Ravens. And then from that point on, she's just a dragon flying around. You don't really you see her on there, but you don't really see close ups of her face, which I thought was interesting. And for me, I don't know if I feel like her actions are unwarranted for the character progression that she's had or if i just don't want them to be and i haven't quite figured it out yet like the the hints were there the whole time you know she she made a ton of mistakes this whole thing but in doing those mistakes she did some things we liked but she also you know killed people for not bending the knee she she crucified all of the slavers some of which you know caused is that a bending the knee situation by the way I had had mentioned this to Alicia. So she didn't make, she just basically freed the slaves, killed everybody, right? Killed the slavers. Yeah. Yeah. And people are like, okay, well, she she did a good thing. And see, that's, that, that brings about that whole, that whole dichotomy that I was talking about with, you know, people, people having differing opinions just based upon whether or not they like people. Like in the show, 
like almost everybody who watches the show, uh, you would think is totally okay with incest because they want John and Danny to be together. Mm -hmm. But when a character that they like does something to somebody who's, who's evil, they feel that it's justified or that they view as evil. They feel that it's justified. Mm -hmm. And then when the same person does the exact same thing to somebody else, it's like, oh, how could you do that? It's like, well, they, they just did it like two seasons ago to the same people yeah. or to, to, to other people. And it's like, you know, that just because, you know, those people happen to be bad doesn't make it okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob, what's your, what is your opinion yeah. there? Um, in my opinion, this I, I think this is probably the second best episode this mm. Because in, in my opinion, the best episode so far was the second episode with the, that basically did the lead up to the Battle of Okay. We, Drinking we had, on the fire. Yeah, we had oh, so yeah. much emotional payoff in that episode that it was it, it, it there was so much storyline and very little action, but the episode was riveting. So, mm-hmm. in my opinion, that was the best episode so far this season, but this one is this one is a close second. And I w- and I will say that the the whole time that the ending was happening, I just didn't want it to be true. I'm like, "No, Danny, no, stop. Oh, come on. No." And it, it was heartbreaking heartbreaking and and then at the end i'm like oh that bitch got it <laughs> she, she crazy yeah the, the her actions would never she was totally acting uh on her own accord i think without thinking of the consequences um there was a previous episode where they said you know not only was being a woman you know a, a you know a card in the stack against her that the other Lords of Westeros wouldn't approve of her decisions. And certainly no one is now. So she's not going to have many allies. If, if she does hold the throne, I think the next spinoff series will be uh, seeing her get taken off the throne. Greg, did you make your point? What did you think? So I thought this episode was, was very, had shocks, but again, there was a lot of hints that this was going to happen. Yeah. I thought it did clean up and I, this is someone else's thought. This is actually a, post that i saw on reddit but it's something i kind of was thinking about i just didn't take it as far as this person uh it cleaned up a lot of characters in a very interesting way where almost every major character faced their demons and the characters that faced their demons and like fell to them Ooh. ended up dying so for example Circe was arrogant she didn't she was always arrogant it <laughs> led to her death jamie his demon was his love for Circe. it got him killed sandor wanted revenge his whole life got him killed and fire. Uh, yeah. Uh, Qui- yeah. And fire. Same thing. Quiburn, you know, he had his monster that he created. It was, that was his big science thing. Gargamel. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Gargamel. Uh, <laughs> as he, as he, they put here, uh, Euron, he was very arrogant and, you know, he was, he was out there and got killed. Tyrion, love for family. And the, the main character, the two characters that actually broke from what they had become survived. John was always known for his loyalty. And he turned his back on Danny, and he survived. He ordered Ar- the retreat. Yep. And Arya, who had been a killing machine, you know, retreated as well, and both of them a- ended up surviving. So it's kind of an interesting way of you know showing these characters facing their demons, the ones that didn't learn from their past mistakes, died, or you know had something terrible happen to them. It'll be very interesting to see where they go from there. And uh, Jimmy, I think you're the last one. Yeah, I. Thought many different things were going to happen this episode. I thought that Jamie was going to kill Circe. That didn't happen. I thought, you know, it maybe Danny 
there's a little tiny window that maybe she wasn't going to become the Mad Queen, but she did. So there were some some shocks in it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wasn't really surprised at the actions of the characters in this episode, but I loved it. I thought it was a it was a really stressful episode. It was very tense, it was just masterful storytelling, masterful acting. And I really love the callbacks that they did. I really love how they didn't ignore the um, wildfire. I got it right this time. Good work. Um, that was still under the city. Uh, I didn't expect King's Landing to fall completely, but literally everyone is dead. Everything's destroyed. It's gone. Mm-hmm. So it'll be very interesting what happens next. We didn't really get much from the, you know, next on Game of Thrones other than Danny standing in front of her army. So that's going to take up at least 20 minutes. And then hopefully she dies somewhere in there. Uh, there now, are, there have been references to some of the other citadels and cities that we didn't really see. Like we thought we figured they would come to the war, but they did not. Uh-huh. So the, the banking city, I forget the name of it. And of course, High Garden and Marine, or not Marine. What's the with the Sand Snakes and all those guys were Dorn, yeah, Dorn. Dorn. So who pledged their loyalty? Yeah. So, so we we have no idea what's actually going to go on there. If or of course, if that just doesn't now, matter at this point. Now I have I have a question for you. Okay. Do you think it's at all possible that John overrides the loyalty of the dragon to Daenerys? Because it seems like the dragons have been able to recognize Targaryen. No. Do you think that John can can either wrest control of Drogon from Daenerys, or do you think that John can take over control of Drogon if Daenerys is killed? I think uh, I think Danny and Drogon have to die. I think that's a package deal. That's probably right. Now I did see someone that wrote that in the books the the dragons like link to one person, like you know, like with scent or whatever it is. But again, that's the books. The shows showed that they've broken away from it. Yeah, there's a lot there. Uh, I've heard a lot of rumors that, you know, they think that, that I don't believe this to be true, but some people have said that uh, some people that I'm married to, in fact, said that they think that uh, Tyrion. Yeah, Jimmy. Uh, said that Tyrion is actually a hidden Targaryen, but based on a couple comments and it would be yeah, kind of an interesting much. thing. Yeah, I think it would be too much to, to try to clean up in one episode. You know, there's a few major characters left. All of them have good well, all but one of them have good leadership qualities, so it'll be very interesting to see how the, the game falls, the dominoes fall, or whatever we want to say. Yep. Okay, well, let's close this out. Thanks again, Mert, for joining us. We got one more. Thank you, Mert. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Uh, if you last. want to email us, uh, give me 5 podcast at gmail.com. We're looking forward to all of the, the inbred listeners sending angry letters. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Is there a name you're supposed to call them? Like, is inbred a derogatory, like, term? I'm not entirely sure. I don't think anyone really... They're like, just... Yeah. Pure, purebred? No, I think that's something different. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, so that's... uh, Yeah, you guys out there, uh, write us stuff. Check us out on Instagram. Just look up Give Me 5 Podcast or Give Me 5, and you can find all that stuff. Where can our... And bread listeners find you, Mert. You can find me on Mert Price, but Price, W-F-T. Instagram, is it, just my name, Mert Is it P-R-I-C-E, Price. by the way? Yes, P-R-I-C-E. Like the price of uh, the gold company. Okay. There we go. Not nice. worth the money. Definitely not <laughs> worth the money. Oh, man. <laughs> not when there's a dragon involved. Nah. All it took was one. One dragon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. 
Awesome. Well, guys, yeah, check out our main podcast, Give Me Five Podcast. Email Greg with any thoughts or concerns or hate mail that you have. Otherwise, if you want to, like, send money, just send it to me directly. So To cash. Say goodbye, Jimmy. Goodbye, Jimmy. It can happen to your fam or you all alone. We go big, we go home, we play this game of thrones. It's not the pickle. It's a t- it's a type of spice that that is. And they, it's, I don't know what they use. But, spicy. But every time they have like a, a bag of like sunflower seeds that are dill flavored, they got little pictures of pickles and stuff on them. So I associate dill with pickles. Dill is an uh, herb. Thank you very much. It's an herb, not a spice. Either way, it's gross Whatever. on anything that's not a pickle. Fucking nerd. You're a nerd. <laughs> no, I was talking to Grant. Yeah, he is. <laughs> so let's uh, record us a podcast. Um. Okay. Hey, Sorry, this it. is a podcast. <laughs> it's a podcast. Hey, Rob, turn your phone off. I'm working on it. I'm also on call, though, so you're going to have to deal with the vibration <laughs> oh. if it goes off. There's a comment there. I'm not going to take it. Dealing with vibration. <laughs> Good vibrations. Come on. Come on. Come on. The hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody Remember. agreed with your good vibrations. <laughs> Thank you. Was he naked when he slapped you? <laughs> then it's fine. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's a funny mental limit. Says that Rob has a venereal disease. Oh. <laughs> well. <laughs> you are so wrong with you people. Jimmy.